Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Lo Kya Kenge with Nidhi Shukla. This is basically a series where I discuss South Asian issues with wonderful South Asian creators. Um, and today we're talking to a friend of mine, Naveen. Okay, let's start with firstly, uh, who are you? Let's talk about uh, what you do, a little bit about yourself, your pronouns, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so my name's Naveen, my pronouns are they, them. Um, I currently live in Austin, Texas, and I work in digital marketing. Um, my partner and I moved here um, in December. We were living in New York prior to that. Okay, so you and I came to know each other through the magical world of social media. Uh, I was following you on TikTok for quite a while, and then you found me on Instagram. Yes. And now here we are on YouTube. I want to get right into it. Being South Asian and growing up in a North American society, that obviously influences a lot of our understanding about gender and sexuality. So what can you tell me about your experience? I grew up very cis and very straight um, because I wasn't ever like exposed to other options. I grew up in really like predominantly white neighborhoods and school districts. And so I think that had a huge influence on kind of like who I became or who mm -hmm. I like had to become, I think, to make friends and survive and like you know, blend in with society. So yeah, I grew up like very, I guess, gender conforming. There were moments that I definitely like transgressed like gender norms, especially like when I was younger. And then the older I got, the less acceptable that became. And my like mom and like dad and parent, like uh, I guess like aunties and stuff would be like, okay, that's like not very ladylike of you. Growing up in a predominantly white area, will also add that extra level of isolation. For sure. You know? Did you have a lot of South Asian friends growing up? No. Um, I think when I was younger, it was kind of exciting to be able to like bring bits of like culture into school. Like mm -hmm. different kids would do like little show and tells and stuff. So yeah, my mom would like make things and sometimes like I would do like a little presentation and I always felt like very tokenized in that aspect because like right. I was like the only kid so I was like oh well this is I didn't realize it until later in life but I was like oh I am the face of what like being Indian looks like to these people like exactly um if I'm like the only Indian kid that they ever interact with okay, then that's, this is what Indian looks like to them. As I got older, I was like, oh, this feels a little weird and I feel kind of like a spectacle now. Mm -hmm. But then when Slumdog Millionaire came out, that <laughs> like shift, that like, that kind of shifted the cultural conversation because suddenly other people were like, oh, that, oh, that's you. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no. No. <laughs> I mean, like, a little, I feel like people find like one brown person, they're like, oh, there it is. That's you. Yeah. These like douchebag guys would just be like, yeah, hey, like Jai Ho, right? I'd be like, leave me alone. <laughs> I remember the discomfort of like, like you're saying, being like the token brown person. I was so conflicted of whether to feel like proud of myself for being in these spaces or uncomfortable with the fact that I was being tokenized. Like I was always everyone's token brown friend for sure. Yeah. Um, and I was always like acutely aware. I was like, oh, I'm the only like non-white person in this space. But because that was like my norm, I was just so like psychologically used to just like trying to blend. Right. And like assimilate as like a survival tactic. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because I was like, well, if I blend and I like, you know, like the other things that these people like and I participate in the same kind of activities, like that'll make it easier for me to like 
be friends with these people and have them like me and maintain friendships. And that's mm -hmm. really what I want. I want community. I feel like that process made me lose so many parts of my culture and like just reject them. Like I feel like a lot of times second or third generation kids of immigrant parents have to go through that period where like they reject their culture and then have to reclaim it. Like all oh through elementary and high school, I was like, I want nothing to do with this. I, I was so like, I was just so uncomfortable because this wasn't anywhere in the media. Like people didn't really see brown characters, like I said before, but no food talk. And just like, we look different from our hair to our body type, to our features. Yeah. So I remember just rejecting all of that. And like only now, like even this project is in a sense healing for me because it's like people share these experiences and it's very normal. And I hope that, I don't know, I just hope this experience is different for like younger kids, you know, like high schoolers now, like what is that like? Is it still just as uncomfortable? First, I want to make sure we cover this. You first came out as bi, correct? Yeah. And then you came out as trans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so I came out as bi the summer of like 2015 to my family. Right. Um, and I was in a relationship with a guy from who I had met like in high school. Um, and then I was like, oh, hello, I am having all of these feelings and I need to figure it out. <laughs> and so figuring out that I was queer, like while I was in like a hetero relationship was strange. I was like, well, I have these feelings, but I can't like act on them because I'm in a monogamous relationship right now. Mm -hmm. But there's something so compelling about them and I want to further explore them. Um, my boyfriend at the time was like, cool. He was like, what does this mean? Like, do you need, to, do you want to like take a break? Do you want space to like explore? And I was like, no, I'm very like happy in our relationship. Like, I just need you to know that I have these feelings now. But then with my family, I came out to them kind of like one at a time. And I tried to come out to my mom a couple times. She like didn't get it. She was like, I think what you're like describing sounds like friendship. Like, well, you sound like lonely. Like, I think you just need like better girlfriends. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> just the, no. <laughs> I was like, no, I like this, this feels very much like a crush that I would have on like a boy or like a man. Like this is right. exactly what this feels like. And then I came out to my sister and then she was just like, I think that because you have so many like LGBT friends that now you feel kind of left out. And so this feels kind of like you're trying to do it to like fit in and get like, you know, gain acceptance from like, you know, your friends and like fit in with them. And I was like, yes, I am in fact further marginalizing myself to fit in. That's what this is. And then we were at dinner one night and then my sister outed me and I was like, oh, I was like, okay, so I guess we're having this conversation now. Um, and then my dad was like, what? And then, so I explained it to him and then he's like, so what you're saying is that like, you might one day date women. And I was like, mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And he Go took dad. it so well. Like he took it the best and he was like the most like, yeah, okay, I understand this. It, it truly is time, I think, that can like heal a lot of these things. I introduced my girlfriend as a friend okay. first just to be like, I want you to like this person before I before you make a bias on them, you know? Um, right. So I introduced her as a friend, and then a couple months later, when we both kind of realized that we were dating, which is also a very queer experience, we didn't even know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, told them. we told them, and it was like such a long 
process and I feel like half the discomfort for me personally was feeling like I was either choosing my partner or choosing my family's values mm. you know what I mean like you're constantly in this place of like okay but my family doesn't understand this but this is so like right and healthy and normal for me and yeah. either way you feel guilty because you're like I'm either making my partner feel like garbage or I'm making my family feel like garbage and that right. is a lot of weight to put on one person who's still trying to figure out how to navigate their own queerness for all of us honor is such a big thing in our culture that it comes down to like how everybody else feels before yourself so I think like this experience truly is what made my communication skills with my parents grow like I was like you need to tell me what it is you need because this is so uncomfortable for everybody the the guesswork and the passive aggression and mm -hmm. the bottling up your feelings are just like one day it just kind of like explodes and then everyone like goes to bed and the next day suddenly everything's fine and I'm like hello nobody emotionally <laughs> processed anything why are you all okay right now exactly. I am not yeah this is weird y'all are weird like <laughs> that is so true and then like the next day our prince would be like here you go here's like dinner we want some fruit do you want to go for a walk yeah like, here's what? a plate of fruit like yeah the fruit doesn't make sense <laughs> my mom and I went for drives like consistently after I came out because she was just I think that was her safe space of trying to understand her her kid and she was like my main concern she's like i don't want it to come across as anything else other than the fact that like i don't like it breaks my heart that people would discriminate against you like it breaks my heart that people are mean to your community you know she's like and that's what right. scares me it's not like a you thing it's just i cannot fathom the fact that people would be mean to you and i was like okay cute but you have to understand i literally don't care like, yeah. I was like, I don't know what it is in me that I don't care. I was like, I just, I was like, we have worked too hard to get to a place of being comfortable and being happy with whoever it is that we want to be with that I could not possibly put everybody's opinions above my own anymore. In, right. a, in, a, in a culture like this, especially where like you are taught to put everybody's opinions. I mean, this this project is literally called Lokia Genge because that's the idea we're brought right. up What with. will people say? Well, like, you, like, I don't care. Who are the people? I always felt so strongly about that growing up for, for reasons I didn't really fully understand yet, but it was like, you know, feminism that like right. I didn't have the words to express or just like, you know, personal agency and like then like later queerness and transness um but as a kid i'd be like well i want to do this thing or like i want to wear this and my parents were like no it like won't look nice it'll look bad <gasps> and i hated it. it like made my blood boil and i was like why do i have to change how i am or how i feel because like some aunties are gonna gossip or like how come everything i do is like you know, people are going to be like, oh, like, this is a bad reflection on my parents. I'm like, why yeah. can't I be my own person and and take responsibility for, like, if people are going to, like, you know, make comments, I am happy to bear the brunt of that. Exactly. I don't want it to, like, reflect on you because I want to be seen as an individual. Mm -hmm. And I think the hardest thing for my parents that they're really still trying to reckon with and trying really, really hard, they don't have that same confidence in being like like going to bat for me and they're yeah. trying really really hard but my mom always says she's just like i'm not like you i'm not like an advocate like i don't like i don't try to like you know change people's minds about things and like educate other people like that's not in my nature mm -hmm. and i was like i think part of being 
a good ally to me as my parent is doing that like is you know gendering me correctly in front of your friends and then if they get confused you taking the time to educate them and explain rather than just defaulting to misgendering me because it makes for an easier conversation right. yeah they've they've grown and learned so much and like have and i'm very proud of them and it's like been like a rocky road to get mm -hmm. here um because there's so much unlearning they had to do in the process to get to the point where they could learn and it's really really hard to have those conversations but you realize that your parents are just as human as you in this process you yeah. know what i mean like, it's really, really comforting to be like, okay, like, they're really just concerned about my own safety. And I think that's a very pure place to come from. Yeah. So tell me about uh, coming out as trans. How was that for you? The realization, uh, telling the people in your life. Coming out as trans non-binary was less, it felt like less of like in a big coming out like moment necessarily. It kind of happened over the course of time. I had started identifying as non-binary and I was using a mix of she and they pronouns. But I, I don't think I ever had a moment where I like definitively was like, hello, I am not a woman. Like yeah. I didn't like really have one bigger moment. It was mm -hmm. kind of gradual. Um, I was, telling my parent my like my mom about it and i was like hello how like <laughs> this is this is what's happening now and she had met some of my friends who used they them pronouns so i like she was primed for the concept it wasn't brand new um but wasn't quite ready to like understand it for me i'm trying to figure out like when the word trans came into the conversation because I don't know, every so often I'll talk to my parents and I'll say something, I'll be like, yeah, transmasculine, and they're like, is that a word that you use? And I was like, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. And they're like trying to just like build up <laughs> vocabulary. their- Vocabulary. Yeah, their own little like glossary of like how to talk to yeah. their child. So I had top surgery in August of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was planning for this and like doing all of my research and like making this decision and stuff, I was like, okay, I should tell my parents um because like you know i'm having a surgery so like i feel like they should know the way that i figured i was gonna tell them i was like you know what i get off track if i'm trying to tell them important information if the conversation gets too emotional then my parents will discredit me for being too emotional about whatever i'm trying to talk about so i was like in order to like mitigate that and like what if i just make a powerpoint that has all of the information have a whole section that's just like answers to questions I think they're gonna have and so I was planning on showing this to them and doing this presentation in person but that was right. literally like the weekend that New York got locked down for COVID <gasps> so instead we I did it over like a zoom call and I did a little screen share and I was like hello <laughs> and so I walked them this PowerPoint it was like this is what top surgery is. Like, this is all of the medical information. This is why I want to pursue this. Um, here is all of, like, I experience a lot of like dysphoria around my chest. Like I wear a binder every mm -hmm. day. Um, you know, 
top surgery isn't just for like binary trans men. There are lots of like non-binary people who have top surgery too. Here are some photos of like happy <laughs> non-binary people like showing off their top surgery scars. Um, I am telling you all of this and giving you all of the information because I love you and I want you to be in the loop about things that like are important in my life. The, this is, this is, here's the information so that you can be informed and like understand what's going on. I want to keep you in the loop because I love and care about you. It went really well. Um, my mom was like, okay. What I didn't know was that like after that call, like kind of behind the scenes, it hit my dad really hard in a way that like I didn't know about until way later. I think that they can see how much I have kind of like blossomed and like become myself. Um, my sister was one of the biggest parts of my coming out. Like I, I said the words at the family table, which we literally never all sit together to do anything. But I was like, I'm calling a family meeting it was very spur of the moment. And I just said the words. I'm like, I'm not straight. I'm, I'm currently dating a girl. And then I just blacked out. I truly don't remember anything that happened after. I just started crying. I have no idea what happened after. And my sister like picked up the conversation. She was like, all right then. Um, <laughs> she just <laughs> took over and it was, um, I remember like bits and parts of it of just like, wow, like there's somebody in my corner already, you know, like that's there's somebody who already gets it. And in a moment that's this scary and stressful, like somebody already has my back and then like slowly seeing your parents kind of get to that place too is so heartwarming because I truly never thought it would be like this like I yeah. didn't this was so far away in my head like when I told them I was like oh my god it's gonna take so very long the last thing that I want to talk about is your name change yeah I find this so cool tell me about it oh I would love to I love talking about my name throughout like maybe 2019 I kind of floated the idea of like potentially changing my name to something a little less gendered um mm -hmm. so the name that my parents gave me is alicia um i'm pretty open about like if somebody asks me i'll usually tell them um and for a lot of trans people that's like very much not the case um and a lot of people think of their like birth names as dead names um mm -hmm. i have never felt like it is a dead name to me because i don't feel like like alicia died and and Naveen existed. Transition for me has felt more like a um how Pokemon transform. Um <laughs> like like how how Charmander uh, transforms into Charizard. Um yes. like you know that fundamentally the essence of this um creature is <laughs> it's the same. It just leveled up. Uh, right. <laughs> and it and it has <laughs> And so I'm like, that's that's very much how I feel. Like I'm I'm the same person at my core. I just you know I dress differently. I have a I have a better haircut. Um, uh, I I have I'm two boobs fewer. Um, yeah. And, but and and I have a new name. But like I'm still like the same person. Like on the inside. Yeah. Kicked around the idea of like maybe finding a more quote like gender neutral name just because I didn't like how explicitly gendered the name Alicia was. And so then I would like scour baby name lists and then confuse the algorithm into thinking that I was like pregnant because I was just looking at like <laughs> lists of baby names. All of the like gender neutral names um, or like unisex names that would come up were all so white. 
sounding and I was like like I don't want to like enact like some sort of like you know colonial violence on myself yeah. by like giving myself <laughs> yeah. a white person name that feels weird and it feels like I'm really erasing a part of myself yeah um mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that because it makes me feel gross and then I started to get really astrological about it um right and I was like let's go back to the roots so when I was born the the bundit that read my birth chart um the the, you know, he made like predictions about my life and then gave my parents a letter for which to name me, but they had already picked out the name Alicia. So then this okay. name, like the letter that he gave was Nuh. Um, what if I look for names that start with Nuh? Um, let's get like really, like let's maybe, maybe the priest was right. Like maybe I should have a name that starts with this. Mm -hmm. And then I came across Naveen and it kind of sat in the back of my head for a while. And it was there long enough that I was like, mm, I think this is the one. It doesn't ring as like explicitly gendered to like an American or like Canadian mm -hmm. North American audience. In January of 2020, I made a Twitter thread about it and I was like, hi friends, um, I have some feelings <laughs> about names. And then I like word vomited on Twitter and then people started calling me Naveen. I, at first I was like, hey, you can mix in Naveen and Alicia. I just, I'm trying to feel it out. Um, and then Naveen started to feel really, really good. Mm. The other thing that's cool about Naveen um, is that it means new, um, <gasps> which is like absurdly good for wow. a chosen name. That's good. And like, I didn't know that when I picked it, but when I was looking into it, I was like, oh, what does this mean? I was like, wait, this is just like icing on the cake here. Like, this is too good to pass. Like, I can't pass this up. So my family is Cindy. There's a Cindy tradition where like women will change their first names when they get married, um, in addition to like their middle and last names. The, mm. the cultural norm was that like everyone who you knew before you got married, you know, calls you one name and then everyone you meet after you get married calls you another name. And I, and I told my mom that I was like, this is a big reason why I feel very comfortable and okay. Can you tell me about your platform? Because you do wonderful things on TikTok and I want people to know where to find you. Ooh, for sure. Um, so I'm on TikTok at Naveen underscore the bean. Okay, well, that's everything I had, to, cool. I had to talk about. Did you have anything else? You asked all the fun I questions. Um, I did. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Um, of course. Happy I think to. that Especially like I came across your TikTok a while ago and my initial thought was like uh, without even knowing you really I was like this creates incredible visibility for a lot of people who might be very confused and I think I, I don't mean to put stress on you or pressure as like you know like you have to do all this stuff whatever but in just being yourself and creating this space like you help people you help people understand more about themselves it's really really important for young South Asian people yeah I wish I had had people like this to watch and to learn from yes. when I was growing up. I think I would have figured myself out a lot, a lot sooner. Um, rather than harping on the past, why not just like, you know, try to just be unapologetically myself. And you know, the fact that there are other people that are like, this is really cool. Like I can do that. Or like I can be this way and embrace these parts of myself that like, I don't see other people around me doing. Or I don't see other yeah. people who look like me doing. I'm like, great, here. I'm happy to be that person for you. That's what Manasi and I were talking about in the last episode. Mm. That 
imagine like her and I both kind of fit in the art world that right. I created this YouTube space to be like everything else I saw of people's coming out stories of the Indian descent was pranks and I was like that is so shitty that's like, really harmful like six years ago when I was looking up how to come out to my parents like literally I was like googling things and everything ended with like kidding and I was like that was heartbreaking you know like it's just awful and her too she was like I got tired of not seeing myself in media yeah. and I was like you're art literally i was like it's brought me to tears i was like you're right? helping people and that's what a lot of people who like are part of this podcast and video series that's what it is is that like i hope that this influences the younger south asian kids to just see themselves in places that we haven't seen ourselves yet uh thank you very much for your time thank you this i'm i'm very excited about this project and to see how it turns out that is another episode of Loki Akende. Um, that was a wonderful conversation with Naveen. Like I said, I came across them on TikTok a long time ago and instantly I was like, I want to speak to this person. I want to know more. So this was super interesting for me. Um, I hope that this was helpful and insightful for you guys. And I look forward to the next episode of Loki Akende with Nidhi Shakla.